Welcome to On The Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On The Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On The Spot, now available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. This week, I sit down with Elizabeth Lawler, the co-founder of Double X Angels. Without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of On The Spot. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, and super excited to bring you another incredible, relatable role model. As you know, that's what On The Dot is all about, just serving up great women to you so that you can see your path within the steps that these women have taken to their success. And I'm super excited today to welcome Elizabeth Lawler. She is the co-founder of Double X Angels, which is a Boston-based angel group. And they're dedicated to bridging the funding gap for women entrepreneurs through early stage investments. But they're also with a little bit of twist to what they do. And Elizabeth's going to talk to us about that today. So we're super excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be joining you and really psyched to talk about Double X Angels and how we're trying to make an impact for young women entrepreneurs. Great. Well, let's start with the name. So tell us about the name Double X Angels, how that came about, and then also about just your core philosophies and you know why you decided that this was your next big thing. Sure. So Double X started with myself and Zoe Berry, who's the CEO and founder of ZapRx. We were actually in a women CEO and founder forum where we were working with some more seasoned entrepreneurs and investors in the Boston area. And it was called Double X Forum. And we decided we wanted to take that one step further because many of the women who were in that forum were either actively raising money or were out seeking new financing or trying to get their businesses off the ground. And and honestly, it was the prime topic of everything we would come and talk about. It is. How are we going to get money? Where are we going to get money? How can I get help getting money? And so Zoe and I have had some successes in our businesses, and we really wanted to take that experience and turn it into something actionable. And the two kind of transformative moments for us was, first of all, I mean, a lot of statistics started coming out during the period of time, which I think we started in maybe 2015, 2014, working in this forum. And that was when a lot of people started doing this kind of proactive research, characterizing the amount of venture capital dollars that women were getting. 93% were going to male-founded teams. Women were getting far fewer dollars at any particular round than men were getting. They were often also getting more aggressive terms. Just navigating and negotiating and finding sponsorship for those early financing rounds really sets your business on a particular trajectory. And if you get good mentorship and good help and good insight from people who are willing to sponsor you or advise you or mentor you through that process, you can really build an interesting business or have a great exit, which is what I had. If you don't get that help at the right time, you'll find yourself floundering either to raise future capital or to, you you know, you're stuck with unreasonable terms and preferred rights that you aren't going to be able to work through onto future financing rounds, or you just, you know, you find yourself kind of caught up in difficult political discussions at the board level. So we said, well, look, we want to help women get access to early capital and early advice and early actionable help at the time that they really need it, which is when they're establishing their businesses and starting their financial journey into the venture capital markets, not coming in late and just saying, oh, I want to fund a balanced portfolio, I'm going to give money to X number of women as opposed to men, which is what we kind of saw the behavior from the venture capital discussions that we were having. So we said, 
look, there's this delicate time where we need to get women out of, you know, their current trajectory and into the entrepreneurial trajectory. And that happens at kind of this friends and family round. And we want to give them the tools to establish good financing partners going forward. And that was really where we decided we wanted to play. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, you know, really, you know, understand the importance of that being an entrepreneur myself and just, okay, you get the money, you're like, okay, now what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You need money, you need help, you need advice, you need people to explain these terms for you. Sometimes it's just as good as like, hey, you can't use your friend of a friend who's a lawyer. You need someone with specific, you know, expertise in, in the kind of deal you're trying to do. And you need to get somebody who understands corporate venture to come in and help you negotiate these terms. Like those types of things are, you know, women don't, you know, if you haven't been in the game on the venture side, going back to being an entrepreneur, you don't have that knowledge base. And so we wanted to bring that as early as we could into the cycle. Oh, that's awesome. So flipping a little bit to just, uh, you know, about you, you have exited, is it one or two companies? I was at Generation Health when it was, I got sold to CVS Caremark. I was the chief data officer there. And then that had been my first job out of an academic medical research background. I actually have a doctorate, I have a PhD in epidemiology and biostatistics at both Harvard and Boston University and Tufts School of Nutrition. I have always had this kind of like entrepreneurial bug or like to start new projects or get things off the ground and joined a company that had been acquired by CBS and then ended up rolling out of that to start my own company, which was in cybersecurity. Again, scratching an itch that I saw needed scratching where innovators were having difficulty moving things to the cloud and still maintaining a particular kind of cybersecurity posture turned out to be, uh, you know, the 90% of breaches in the next five years happened owing to that particular kind. (laughs) None of this sounds like what I think most people would consider, you know, an academic. You don't have those same kind of qualities you most usually associate with an academic. And in fact, rumor has it that you have a street legal rally car. Oh, (laughs) I mean, come on, we kind of got to know about that, right? I even read somewhere that you might even drive it to soccer practice. (laughs) Redefined soccer mom. I think this is a characteristic of probably any entrepreneur, which is that, you know, you kind of get interested in these problems and you want to solve them. And, you know, it's usually either, you know, like what you're doing with On The Dot, which is you see this discrepancy in ability to connect with female role models and you just get deep into the problem. You're like, how am I going to like tear it apart and like rebuild it? And so for me, I get deep into these problems. In the case of my rally fighter, I really am a believer in open source. This car was designed in the open using crowd sourcing methods, but you have to put it together yourself. So I'm like, I've never built a car. I'm going to build a car. I want to know how cars really work at a deep level. So I assembled and built my own rally car, which I hope to actually drive in a all women's rally in California and Nevada later this year. Wow. That's pretty cool. Your business partner is also... Yes, we're both a little bit high test. Um, <laughs> you know, we look for challenges and we try and overcome them. And, you know, that kind of resilience, I think, is something that we also try to transmit to our portfolio companies and women that we mentor and work with because, you know, you kind of have to be able to go for it at various times and take chances with little information or no information sometimes based on your intuition and best judgment. And, you know, I think we have an opportunity in our racing and in our coaching and mentoring to teach that kind of resilience and adventurous spirit. I think that, you know, entrepreneurship is a sort of an adventure mindset, but you also need to be able to deliver on results and accountability. And it's kind of fun balancing those two things together. So, and I'm sure your kids love it when you pull up the soccer. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The other soccer parents are like, we basically have to drive them like 
less than two blocks, but everybody just wants a ride in the Batmobile too. <laughs> it's been a fun project and it's something I was able to work on with my kids too. Very cool. Well, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about actually women getting involved in the investment world. And we, we talk a lot about the statistics around women having a hard time getting funding. You know, if you're a female entrepreneur and we know, all, you know, we hear those all the time and there are all kinds of articles and people that are trying to do something about that funding, which is wonderful. I guess that what I look at as well as, as one of the things that is most important is actually getting women into the investing game. Because I know that when I was raising money, because I have a magazine, right, I have had a lot of contacts. I could get meetings with a lot of people here in Austin, of high net worth, you know, a lot of women. But even when I would get there, there was this sort of like, well, I'm not qualified to do that. You know, they didn't know how. You know, I know my husband's done some of that. He's done that with his buddies, but I don't know how to do that. So women make up what, like 6%, I think is probably on the high end of venture capitalists and just 22% of angel investors. But now the largest transference of wealth is happening, right? So we're going to hold all the purse strings. Mm-hmm. So if women don't start getting involved in the game, you know, I'm looking ahead and going, well, okay, we know how it affects female entrepreneurs. It's going to start to affect male entrepreneurs, right? If we're the ones holding the purse strings. So how do you kind of talk about getting women involved, even at an early stage, for example, with someone like a portfolio, but you're still getting in and being part of the game? Yeah, I think you're nailing it, which is that, you know, a lot of people feel like they need to start in their venture opportunities with, you know, allocating a part of their personal portfolio. In many cases, we're talking about here are small dollar friends and family type checks that could really make a difference in helping someone launch their, like pivot their career, launch their business, build the prototype product, and then start to think about taking it to market. And really what we're emphasizing with XX Angels is that by creating a network effect of women who are writing modestly sized checks, but have lots of know-how, connections, can really bring sweat equity to the table, where you're really providing men mentorship opportunities. It's not philanthropic. It's, I think there's a, there's a monetary value you're going to receive back. Maybe it isn't as large as some of the really go-long unicorn-style venture capital investing strategies that have existed in the past, but I think we can talk about concrete returns that could happen in short order if we can help women navigate this early phase from the friends and family round to the first institutional money in. That's where a lot of the game is being lost right now for women. And that's really where we need, where, where women who've been through it before, who have experience, who have connections, who have market insight could really come help. And so, you know, while we call double X an angel investing network is that we're really trying to bring a lot of people to the table. So it isn't always about the check size and the financial exposure, you know, doing a high dollar SPV is not everyone's taste. Um, We're talking about kind of modestly sized checks, but really providing the vehicle and the wherewithal to get these women to, you know, triple, quadruple, uh, quintuple the value of their business in a very short time where you can realize those gains. And I think that's really an interesting PA opportunity that we're bringing. A lot of people could get comfortable with because it's low risk. And what do you find, you know, is sort of your biggest challenge in getting women to sort of take that leap if they haven't done any private investing like this before? One of the things we're trying to do is because there's been a tremendous uptick since we announced in April, really uh, kind of formally announced through some Boston business journals and, and some press what we were up to. We've had more deal flow and interest actually than we've been able to handle. <laughs> um, there were a lot of people who raised their hand and said, hey, we read your website. We read what your kind of your take on the market is. We are nodding our heads. We've either been there ourselves or we know women who are going through this or I'm a woman who's going through this right now. How can we help? And so what we're trying to do is set up a structure now by which we're able to intake the deal do matchmaking based on context expertise.
expertise or, or contacts or areas of interest, and then helping to basically evaluate those deals and set up some structures matching women to women. And so Zoe and I put our own funds in, as well as trying to find others who are able to or willing to help on a particular deal by deal basis. So that's the network that we're setting up right now. And actually, I'm really excited. I think, you know, some of the early indicators are that we're going to be able to have an outsized impact, especially on getting some women through this sort of first financing hub. Well, and I think that once they sort of take the leap, Mm-hmm. Uh, then they become evangelists like this. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that I could be part of this. And that's when I was raising money. One of my lead investors, we actually threw a cocktail party because that's what you do, right? When you're, <laughs> but it was an educational where she actually did a PowerPoint talking about what is angel investing, all the things that you should understand about it. What should you be looking for from the entrepreneur? What kinds of details? What kinds of questions should you ask? Really just that educational part. And then I gave my pitch. They were like, okay, full disclosure, Melinda's raising money. She's going to pitch. And then you can Q&A just to get a comfort level. By far got the most intelligent, insightful questions that I did when I was at the Houston Angel Network, which was, I think there was one woman in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and those guys are great, but I mean, none of these women had ever invested before. And afterwards, I got several investors that night and they were coming up to me and they were like, Melinda, thank you. And I was like, no, 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 no. When you give me money, I thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, no, you don't understand. We never knew we could be part of this. We'd heard about it, but we'd never been invited in. And I think that's the key here is that we've got to invite women into this ecosystem. Absolutely. Invite them in, as you mentioned, educate them, provide tooling, provide deal flow. I mean, that's the other thing, like you mentioned, like people don't even know that there are other women out there looking for financing, you know, and if you can structure it in such a way, and a lot of women are talking with us about how they're like looking at this as basically like the way they would look at philanthropic dollar recycling. They're like, I just want to reinvest back in. I want to keep the dollars flowing back into these, you know, early stage deals to help bring these women up. And I'm like, you know, yeah, if you were going to write a check to your alma mater and you're hoping to impact women's ability to sort of get through the college experience, this is no different. This is getting through your, you know, your first entrepreneurial professional experience. And with our help and with our money and with our support and with our time, we're going to be able to get these women through and they're going to become future business leaders. I mean, look, I think I learned from Springboard Enterprises that women and and women-focused businesses were this incredibly untapped asset. And they help women who are a bit later on in the financing looking to get their A and B rounds. But- you can see from the portfolio companies that have come through there, like the Real Real, like Rent the Runway, like all these like businesses that ben- traditional venture had no interest in touching and they're IPOing now, right. that people are going to figure out that this is a hot market, that these women are onto something. They have specific insights into specific business opportunities that have been often overlooked. They've had to prove it more with better performance metrics, better business plans, better everything. And then if you get in on these opportunities now, with a modest amount of financial support, but a lot of kind of, you know, elbow grease, you can really do well. And I think that's what everybody's finally recognizing. Yes, that's awesome. You ooze confidence and just badassery, as I like to say. You know, you've done all these things and you have this rally car and all that. You know, one of the things we talk about with women all the time and the big challenge is sort of bridging this confidence gap for women. So I would love for you to talk about, is there ever a time when you had your confidence shaken when you just wanted to throw in the towel? And, and if so, like, what did you do? How did you? Oh, how did you- God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when like, is like it? an hour ago? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, honestly, for me, for double X, it's the one place where I'm 
I feel supremely confident because I know that I'm helping people. And it just is like, how is this is not, this is going to be a good thing. And I know that through hard work and persistence and the right connections that this is going to be valuable. Like I actually sleep really well at night on double X. Being a CEO, on the other hand, sometimes you have very many sleepless nights. You know, certainly there are moments of doubt when you're taking anything new into the market and you're like, have the projections and the, all the thought and effort we put into this business and this product and this market is really going to pan out. Are we really going to see the returns we're looking for? There are definitely those moments. I think I went it alone too much. I didn't rely on others. And I think maybe this is my atonement period, right? Like I didn't reach out enough and get enough help from women who'd been there and done that. And now I help women sell their businesses just through mentorship. I help them negotiate deals. I help them raise financing. I'm putting back out all the stuff that I'm trying to sort of correct my own mistakes about. Because I think a lot of times you mentioned women feel a little bit isolated, like they're on their own, like they have to do it themselves, like they need to carry all the water. Even if they have, you know, a strong team around them, they still take on that kind of responsibility. And I feel like that's another aspect of what we're trying to break down with double X, which is like, you know, it isn't only just you. There are people who've seen this and you can pattern match what's happening to you right now and have been through it themselves and can provide you with actionable advice and helping people in that way. And that I find profoundly rewarding really rewarding so that's what I'm doing now but yeah I mean but then again I'm also launching my own stealthy thing I have my own new project that I'm working on I found another gap in the market and a problem a niche I want to scratch and a problem I want to solve with technology that I think could be a, a big business and so I am willing to sort of you know eat my own dog food in this respect that I'm going back <laughs> in and doing it again and I think that this one will also do well as we move further down the road but it's early days still but it's always exciting to be at the beginning. It is. <laughs> Sometimes, right? So I would love just to talk, just to give advice to our listeners out there who are raising money or thinking about raising money. Could you talk about maybe some of the biggest missteps that you see, some of those that you just see over and over and you're like, what would those be? You know, I've seen like many, 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 many pitches, many over time as both as an advisor to venture firms and as part of the Springboard Network and doing startup days at various events. So the most common mistakes I see are failing to make the business case, right? People get enamored with the technology or enamored with the problem, but don't actually describe the business proposition clearly enough for investors to be able to make a decision. Do I believe your business proposition? Do I think your economic model works or not? I myself had made that mistake, so I can say with honesty that I did it too and I've learned my lesson <laughs> and I help others learn that lesson change their pitch up before they make that mistake. I think the other thing is is that you know uh, people tend to go wide it pitch a lot of people but really it's more of a searching problem you know you're trying to find people who have capital who believe what you believe and are willing to take that journey with you. And so it's not useful to pitch groups or to try and get in front of investors who don't share those kind of core common characteristic values. So oftentimes I have people that I work with look at the potential universe of investors and say, let's find some evidence either in social media or through you know articles or things they've published that they believe that what you believe. And then let's go talk to them because that's really what you're trying to find. You're trying to find synergy and that's when you get the most helpful money. 
right? You don't want somebody just writing a check and saying, bring me back, you know, X times returns on my investment. You need somebody who, especially in early days, who's going to help you move the business forward and help you with decision making and helping you shape and frame a market if you're building one. And you need to find people who have those types of insights or belief structures that can really help you do that. And so from an early stage investment standpoint, I think going wide and wasting your time is a common mistake that I see young entrepreneurs or early entrepreneurs make. Well, and I think that's actually great advice. I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I've ever, oh, I did 150 pitches. I was like, oh my God, I can't even fathom that. Yeah. Um, how anyone does that. But I also think that one of the challenges that I hear is that, again, women not sort of having those roles and having that network. So if you can find that first or second person who will then say, you know what, it's not me, but here's who you need to meet. I didn't even know anybody who was in the network. And I happened to meet somebody I went through the Central Texas Angel Network, but it, which was a little different you know, path. But it's interesting. That's what I hear from women all the time. It's like, where do I start? I don't know anybody, you know? So yeah. And you end up in these cold pitching sessions and, and then you're getting feedback on your presentation that may or may not actually be on point or useful because maybe that person doesn't know anything about your market. Especially I found this was true when I was hearing companies that were pushing fashion tech, right? And they were pushing, you know, regular tech entrepreneurs. These people didn't know anything about what their marketplace was like. And the questions were really off the wall. They're like pitching women's empowerment to a bunch of men, to a range of men. (laughs) A few of them had daughters and invested. I mean, I get what you're saying because although they're great people, no clue what really I'm doing, you know. Yeah, and then you've got to remember that person's maybe going to be on your board. So they're going to be helping to make strategic decisions with you about your business, or you're going to have to work with them about strategic decisions. And if they don't really know your space, how are they going to help? Right. Yeah. Very, very true. I mean, I love, love, love your philosophy with double X about that just early, you know, get in there and work with the entrepreneur and help them through those early hurdles. And not only just to figure out where their business is going, but also keep that confidence level up and not feel discouraged and alone. Tell us like some success stories, like something that you really were like, wow, you saw this amazing, you know, who do you want to talk about? Honestly, I see a tremendous amount of opportunity here at some of the, the women who have got businesses here in the Boston market. I mean, Zoe's done investment and Double X has done investment in everything from women's specific cycling wear to, you know, other kinds of educational and reimbursement opportunities. I mean, the types of businesses that women want to participate in are really broad and wide and investing in those. There's a little something for everybody in picking up some of these businesses. I was a little bit worried that we were, you know, you think about women focused businesses and I think Springboard has like fashion tech lab and I mentioned that and they often do a lot with like caregiving apps and things like that. And those tend to be like women centric businesses where women are making decisions, but no, it's like all over the map. Cryptocurrency to cycling wear to energy companies to everything. So there literally is, if you're interested as an angel investor and you have a particular area of expertise, I was talking to somebody whose primary market was oil and gas. You know, like <laughs> yeah, a lot of that in Texas, Texas right? Like I actually have an oil and gas guy who's, who's an yeah. And he just thought it was super cool. I'm like, he's oil and gas, but he's actually great. He's always calling me, but you know, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, there, there are women starting businesses in every possible vertical. And I think that is astonishing. 
I think it's a huge opportunity. I think people found if we could find the right networking opportunity like X or through other forums for male angel investors or female angel investors to get involved, I think you'd see these businesses start to skyrocket. It's the next cohort of IPOs that are going to be coming through in the next eight to 10 years. And so, you know, now's the time to get involved in these next big businesses, women with big ideas. And that's the other thing I think is that, you know, at X we certainly help to push them in that direction. You know, sometimes someone walks in with something that could be, you know, maybe there's a very focused, super niche, but you're like, what's the bigger opportunity here? And once you see and help them see what they could be and how they could grow and how their business can grow, then you start to talk about really interesting investment opportunities. I think that's been the most astonishing. It's like you're taking the governors off, right? Like on the way they see their own trajectory as an individual and an entrepreneur. And you're like, wow. I've watched women step up from saying, well, you know, I have this wonderful business and, you know, we've done $9 million of revenue to being like, I'm the next billion dollar company. You need to invest in me. And watching women get from saying the first thing to saying the second thing Mm -hmm. is like really awesome. That's the magic. And I think it's just finding the right sponsors to help guide these women through these early stages is really where the opportunity to be helpful and and to make some money happens. Okay, so as we're sort of winding down here, is there one piece of advice that you always live by that's sort of your go-to that you'd love to share with us today? Oh, um, I don't have like a personal mantra. I wish I did. But, you know, really, I feel that this is, for me, I definitely believe in helping others and helping others is kind of an underpinning of everything that I've probably ever done, whether it was medical research and providing cyber security tools so people could, you know, realize their innovation dreams or in the next company, it will be helping people to communicate better about the core of their business, which is software, but it's one of the most complex things we can talk about. And I think that just if you can orient yourself toward doing sort of a a larger impactful good, as well as trying to make money, I think you people end up winning in the end. And I think that's the core of a lot of these types of social impact investing initiatives and certainly part of the core philosophy of Double X Angels. And, you know, making money is the byproduct of doing the right thing and being helpful. And I'm hopeful that that philosophy will be carrying our fund forward. That's awesome. And it's a heck of a lot more fun that way too, right? All the business decisions, everything you have to do during the day, if you're keeping a kind of an honest outlook on the market and working hard, I think it definitely does reward people. I think in the end, there's a meritocracy that can happen if we just take down some of the barriers that are artificial and sitting there today. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being with us today. And if people want to get more information on Double X Angels, where can they find you? We have a website. It is xxangels.com. So yeah. Feel free to drop by and we have a solicitation for proposals that's there. And if you want to reach out to Zoe and myself, please do. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we definitely will be watching not only what you do in your next business, um, (laughs) also all the great companies that Double X is launching. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Looking for more inspiration, advice, and direction? Subscribe to our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot, where we provide you with the tools and motivation you need to get out there and be the badass boss you were meant to be. Tune in next week, where I sit down with LaVeisha Parker, Senior Software Engineer at Etsy. Share On The Dot with your tribe. Like, subscribe, and share onthedotwoman.com, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you stream your favorite pods.